before you say anything to each other, I just want to make it very clear that I kind of can't believe I'm up here either with a mic on my face. So, uh, but I'm, I'm super glad to do this. And good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for being here and waiting a little bit longer to head out for spring break. But, uh, Kirk asked me to do this a few weeks ago, and it has basically been all consuming my thoughts. So, uh, but I'm so, so grateful to get this opportunity and uh, to speak in front of you guys. I know a lot of you, I don't know all of you, and I hope that doesn't distract from what we're saying this morning. Um, but as Dustin's been saying, uh, we're, we're learning to be a new family. Um, learning to be family to each other. And so I hope this opens doors for me to get to know y'all, you to get to know me, we to become an even closer family. And if you haven't, if you don't know this, you probably do, but man, not all churches let a layman, a nobody, a farmer like myself get up here and speak. So, um, But from the first time my family and I, we walked through those doors about a year ago, um, you guys have treated us like family, welcomed us in, to this church body. And uh, one thing that I think makes this place, one of the dynamics that I love about the bridge is, uh, man, so many different ones of y'all have come up here and either welcomed, sang, uh, you know, made an announcement, read a message, wrote on the, the famous whiteboard, um, uh, but led communion. I mean, man, the communion at this place is is spot on, and, uh, and you guys, we do it, and, and I love that our leaders, Dustin and Kirk, they, they, uh, they lead us, they equip us, they teach us, and, uh, and then they, they ask us to have the boldness to serve the body as well, and put aside all the, the nervousness, all the, the anxiety, or just the, the comfort zones that we can find ourselves in, and to be bold, and, uh, and I see that in all of us, and it just encourages me every week. So, uh, real quick, because it doesn't matter at all, but I'll say it real quick. I'm Derek. I am a long-haired, tattooed, fifth-generation farmer. Uh, Cherry Valley raised me, and then my beautiful wife turned me half Mexican. Um, <laughs> I am a father of the three biggest knuckleheads ever. Um, but, but I'm a Jesus follower. That's what I want to be known as. Um, thank you. So I, I say that last, but it has to be everything that I am. It has to be who we are. Um, so before my marriage, before my heritage, before my fatherhood, um, before everything, a follower of Jesus is who I want to be known as. Uh, so my first preachy moment this morning, uh, it's not the point of the message, but I will be a better husband. I will, um, I will love my wife the best when I follow Jesus the most. I will be a better father to my children when I, when I lay at, de- at his feet. Um, when I put him in his rightful place in my life. Um, so, 
You know, I'll, I said I'm a farmer. I'll, my business will, will run. My business will be used by the Father when I, when I put it at his feet. And so everything in my life makes sense when all, everything else is cleared out and Jesus is this treasure that I have. Um, so I am everything that I am because of Christ. And that's the title of the message this morning. So um, before we go any further, though, Will you guys pray with me? All right. Father, please, please, um, just give me wisdom. Give me the words to speak. Whatever you need said this morning, uh, just pray that you'll let these, let us, let people leave here this morning thinking about you as the treasure, uh, not about me, not about any cleverness that might come through this, but but that your spirit would guide us. God, your spirit always leads us to Christ. And uh, that's what I want everyone, I want everything today going forward to be um, of the spirit and, and just lead us, God. Please forgive us for where we insert ourselves in, in places that we don't belong. Um, and just be here, lead us, God. Let your spirit fill this room. In Jesus' name, amen. So why am I up here? I am up here to preach and preach I will. So um, this message is, is no more thems because of Christ. And by the way, thems is a dictionary of Dustin because that is not a word, thems. Like if my English teacher walked through here and heard me say thems, uh, she would lose it. But, but we're going to go with it because I think it makes sense. I think it drives home the point. Dustin's constantly just last two weeks preaching his guts out against this idea of of us versus them and uh, I mean it's easy to point out the us and them the divisions in our society of of race and and politics and uh, nationality we draw you know we have lines um, media it separates us it divides us but Dustin uh, he's been really driving home how there's division in the church and how he encouraged us in Ephesians 1 two weeks ago, like I said earlier, to be a new family. Um, he said for us to be a healthy family, we got to be Jesus-saturated. Um, he said that he wants this place to smell like liquor, and I think he said skunk. But, um, but the point was that because we're, we're he wants, hun- here at, in R22 in a few weeks, he wants hungry, thirsty people here that want Jesus, because we are hungry, thirsty people for Jesus, right? And so, um, that's what he was, that was two weeks ago, and then last week, it was uh, Ephesians 2, and he spoke about division devastated, and uh, he pointed out how we're all united in our hopelessness without Jesus, and uh, how we're all united in our forgetfulness, that it was really, like, poignant to me how he said not to mend the curtains that the cross had torn, um, and he said the only way that we change that, the only way that we unite as a church um, is we, take, we go to the one who holds the chains, i.e. Jesus, the cross crucified. Um, and that leads us to Ephesians 3. So um, you guys turn with me to Ephesians 3. I don't know if it helps, but I always go General Electric Power Company, like Galatians, Ephesians, <laughs> Philippians, Colossians. So, Ephesians 3. Uh, 
So in my deep, uh, not theologian mind, I got this, Kirk says, chapter 3, and that's all he gives me. And I read through it, and I see two, two parts. Um, there's so much, like a really good preacher would tell you ten sermons out of this one chapter. But, but I see two blocks, and I just want to break down. I want to show you what I see in the first block and what I see in the second part. And the second part is like, yeah. I mean, it makes my heart burn inside my chest. Um, I can't wait to get there. But the first one, it, it's so rich in us versus them breaking down the walls. So we have to get to that and we have to dive into it. And So I want to read the first five verses um, and then we'll go back and we'll kind of talk about each one. And, and I read out of the New Living's translation, which is a little different than what we're used to, but man, the bones of it are still there. So uh, let's read Ephesians 3, 1 through 5. It says, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, because of my preaching to you Gentiles, as you already know, God has given me this special ministry of announcing his favor to you Gentiles. As I briefly mentioned earlier in this letter, God himself revealed his secret plan to me. As you read what I've written, you'll understand what I know about this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now he has revealed it by his Holy Spirit to the holy apostles and prophets. So, there's this secret plan, and it's, it's being revealed. There was this secret plan, and, and God has revealed this to Paul. And this is so interesting because, because Paul's been, like if you go back and you read some, some history on Paul, Paul's been consumed by this his whole life. He's been consumed by this Jew and Gentile thing. Um, but now Paul's understanding completely his place in God's plan, this big plan. And it's taking him a long time to get there. Um, Actually, for many years of Paul's life, he actively fought against this plan. Um, but remember his beautiful conversion on the road to Damascus? It took him time to get comfortable in his place in God's plan. But, but here in Ephesians 3, he's saying, it's been revealed and I'm going to tell it to you. And so let's just look at verse 1 because this has to be pointed out. But it says, I, Paul, am a prisoner of Christ Jesus. And like, there's a pause there because no, he's not. He's a prisoner of Rome, right? Like the, the bars in front of him, the chains on him are from Rome. He's a prisoner of Rome. And it's so cool that he's saying, I'm a prisoner of Christ, not of Rome. It's, it's remarkable that he considers himself that. And so he's saying, I'm here in these chains for you. I'm here in these chains for Jesus. And like, boom, there's a sermon. Like the 10, that, there's one. If, I had to, if he said preach that one, I would say, okay, this is the sermon. The sermon is, if you're a school teacher, be a school teacher for Jesus. If you're an accountant, be an accountant for Jesus. If you're a farmer... Be a farmer for Jesus. He's, no matter where you are, be there for Jesus. And he's, wherever Paul is, Paul's saying, I'm there for Christ Jesus. 
So let's move on to verse 2, 2 through 5. As, I, as, I, as you already know, God has given me this special ministry of announcing his favor to you Gentiles. As I briefly mentioned earlier in this letter, God himself revealed his secret plan to me. As you read what I've written, you'll understand what I know about this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now he's revealed it by the Holy Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And it says, for you Gentiles. Guys, we are the Gentiles. And almost all the churches in all the world this morning are full of Gentiles. And back then it wasn't much different. Back then the churches were full of a ton of Gentiles. And so, a little backstory on this. Jews and Gentiles, these two groups that had nothing to do with each other. And if you just highlight it through the Old Testament, you know, back then they're not having their own copies. They're, they're just listening to what they're told. And you're highlighting through it. You'd see things like how God separates the Jews, how they're his special people. Um, you'd see how they have this inheritance from their father Abraham. And uh, if you were a Gentile and in the Jewish community back then, you had to become Jewish. Uh, you had to conform to their practices, to their customs. And so it was really easy for a Jewish, a Jewish person to feel as if they had some superiority because they're, they're special, they're God's people. And Paul's saying, I got... The secret's been revealed. I'm, gonna, I'm about to tell you what it is. And like, I hope you're on the edge of your seat because it's coming here in verses 6 and 7. So like, what is this? What is this secret? And it comes here. So let's go to 6 and 7. It says, and this is the secret plan. The Gentiles have an equal share in all the Jews, with all the Jews, in all his riches inherited by God's children, both groups have believed the good news and both are part of the same body enjoying the promised blessings through Christ Jesus. By God's special favor and mighty power, I've been given the wonderful privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. It's like, like mind-blown little emojis fallen. Like the curtain torn. Remember Dustin last week at the end, he's saying how like you, if a certain group could get to this curtain and then another group could get through this curtain and then you had to be this to get through this curtain. And Paul right here is, is refuting all those old understandings and he's saying, because of Christ. He's, I mean, the truth is Jesus refuted this idea that they're separated, they're like not, that the Gentiles can't be a part of this. He refuted it his whole time, but... Um, but they missed it. We miss it. And Paul's saying here, he's been sent to bring this message to them, to, to us. Like a huge loud applause would be there. Because, but, I, but I understand because for us, like we read through that and it's old news. Like we've known this for 2,000 years. Um, and you even, you, we, we yawn a little bit when we hear that because we think Jews, Gentiles, that's not us. Um, but if all you would have known back then is what they were, those old understandings, you would have been absolutely shocked by this. 
but why? Why would they be shocked? Because it wasn't a secret. If you knew it, it wasn't a secret. Like, from the beginning, God was bringing salvation to the Gentiles. It wasn't just for the Jews. It was coming, and it was, it's from the beginning. It goes back to Genesis. Um, it was there. But, but this secret that he keeps talking about, you know what this secret is? The secret is, God would bring salvation to the Gentiles while leaving them Gentiles. They no longer had to conform to this, this, this. Change this, change this, do this. Now you're, you're one of us. Jesus changed it all. Jesus became the sacrifice. Jesus tore the curtains. Now we have access to the Father. Back then you would have said, like, they would have said, can a Gentile be saved? And of course, yeah, for sure. Start with the circumcision. <laughs> Kosher diet. You know, come under the law of Moses. Be, be Jewish. Be a child of God. But, but the tremendous, tremendous revelation here is that now, because of Christ, because of what was done on the cross, one body, one church... All together. There's one commentary that I read going through this that, that said the early Christians sometimes called themselves a third race. So there was the Jew, the Gentiles, and the early Christians said, we're neither, we're a third race. Like, I think that's really, really striking. Like, if you just hold for a minute and you think, like, this, this does apply to us today. Like, what if it's, we're not a Democrat. We're not a Republican. We're a third thing. We're the body of Christ. We don't participate in that. We're not white, black. We're a third thing. We're a third group. There's no more of this division anymore. Um, you just, just think about it. Think about where the lines are drawn in our society today. Like, I'm not trying to step on toes, but think about where the lines are. Like, Go to some neighborhoods and tell me there's not race lines in every city. Uh, like political lines? Absolutely. Can you even be a Republican and have a friend that's a Democrat? Like, no way. Um, or vice versa. Uh, there's cultural lines for sure. Economic status. There's lines drawn, guys. Um, whatever. And, and here in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, 1 and 2 and 3, they're saying we as the body of Jesus Christ, we rise above it. Um, that we're one. There's no second class citizens in the kingdom of God. All the lines are gone because at the ground, at the cross is equal. And so like, it's so easy to, to, to believe that and to say yes, everything's equal, but, but I'm... I'm a little bit holier than so-and-so. Or I don't have that reputation that so-and-so had. I'm a little bit better. Like my grounds might be a little bit closer. Like remember that whiteboard that, and he's got Mr. Mark way over, or right here and he's got him and that whole thing changes and he brings it all in. Um, because everything is level there. So you, you think you're better in the kingdom of God because you're so holy, like because of your church attendance or your reputation or your lack thereof. No, like 
trusting in your own holiness to make you right before God? Nah, no, no, no. It's because of Christ. Um, so if you go back to the end of verse 7, um, it uses a really good word there. That we've heard a million times in church. Verse 7, by God's special favor and mighty power, I've been given the wonderful privilege of serving him by spreading this good news, the gospel, the good news. Every man, every woman, every child, every race, no matter economic status, no matter culture, no matter politics, nationality, no matter reputation, good, bad, it's not through tradition, It's not through reputation. It's not through obedience. It's because of the cross, because of Christ. That's the mystery solved. That's the gospel. That's the good news. So if you go back to the very first part of 8, it says, Just think, though I did nothing to deserve it, and though I'm the least deserving Christian there is, Paul, Paul, the guy who writes all these, says, I'm the least deserving that, come on, come on. That's Paul. That is not a guy I think of as a low-down, dirty dog, Paul. But when we talk like that, don't you think sometimes it's just religious talk? Like, if I was a great singer, of which I am not a good singer, the people up here earlier were great singers, but if I was a great singer and I was like, I can't really sing. I'm not a really good singer. Or I was really great at management, organization, and I'm like, mm, I'm not really good at that. That's not humility. That's not, that's not what Paul's trying to express here. Um, Paul is saying, I'm the least deserving. But I really think Paul's saying, I'm the least deserving because Paul's history that we were talking about earlier, like torments him inside. If you think about, Paul was a persecutor of believers. He, he, he hardcore believed in those two groups and he persecuted the Gentiles. They had no part in it. He, he brought some to, the, to death, and he, he forced them to deny their faith. Can you imagine what that, the, the torment that that would be? As a follower of Jesus, I made people deny their faith. So when he says, I'm the least deserving, I, I, I don't think that's religious talk. I think that is what he was feeling as he's writing this. Verse 8 and 9, it says, Just think, though I did nothing to deserve it, I'm the least deserving Christian there is, I was chosen for this special joy of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept from the beginning. Though I did nothing to deserve it, You see, Paul knew there's no matter where he was, no matter what secret was being revealed to him, it was all grace. Like nothing earned, nothing deserved. It wasn't because of all of his writings. It wasn't because he was a Hebrew. It wasn't because of this or that. It was because all those things were true of him. But he's saying it's because of the grace of God, only through the cross. And so, Paul is chosen to reveal this secret that the Gentiles were to share in the endless treasures available to them. And if you think like the the institution of Judaism, this idea that that we're the special Jews, 
Um, Gentile world, stay out. Here's a wall, stay out. Here's, here's a curtain, stay out. Here's our kosher eating table, get back, stay out. It's our culture, stay out. And the Gentiles got this message loud and clear, um, excluded, not part of this, outside looking in. Maybe we don't have it on the doors at the churches, but is there something that's telling the world to stay out? You're excluded. It might not be like right out there saying you're not welcomed, like get your stuff right, get this right, then you can come in. Don't come in and mess up our little thing. The curtain's torn. Like, uh, Paul's saying here, you are now Gentiles. You're brought in. Not just a little bit, you're brought in to the, it's, the endless treasures available to them in Christ is what it says in 9. The endless treasures. Endless, like that is hard to grasp. But it, if you just let your mind go on it a little bit, like one day we will see these endless treasures. One day we will understand and, and like, won't that make eternity great? Um, don't you think that's part of it all? Like this hope that we have is that we're going to get to know him to the fullest if you're his, we're going to get to see this endless treasures available. And he's saying, Gentiles, it's also available to you. And so verses 10, 11, and 12. God's purpose was to show his wisdom in all its rich variety to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. They will see this when Jew and Gentile are joined together in his church. This was his plan from all eternity and it has now been carried out through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come fearlessly into God's presence, assured of his glad welcome. Like, I, I, did somebody gasp back there? Like, did I hear a, <gasps> like, because if we really just listened to every word, we would be dumbfounded by it. And I'm not pointing fingers. Like, I've probably read that so many times in my life. But if we were like this whole mystery, this whole secret plan, this whole Jew, Gentile, Paul chosen, God breaking down walls, division being destroyed among us, verses 10, 11, and 12 put it all together. Like there's a reason God did all this. There's so many reasons, like, but there's, this is the big one in verse 10. To show his wisdom in all its rich variety to all the rulers and authority in the heavenly realms. To show his wisdom. Like, do we all, I think we're all here so we all agree, like, his wisdom is beyond what we can get. Like, it's, it's beyond our comprehension. Um, but he wants to, he's saying, our, this body, this church, we're going to, he's going to show his wisdom. He's going to use us the Gentiles, to show his wisdom to who? It says, verse 10, to all the rulers and authority in the heavenly realms, they will see this when Jews and Gentiles are joined together in his church. So he's going to show this vast, deep 
huge, wide wisdom to the entire universe through his church, through you and I. You know, it says we are the only thing that bears his image. We're the only creature created that has the image of Christ. Um, So he's saying we, his image bearers, are on display to show his wisdom, this vast wisdom in all its riches to, to not only the world, like I think I've read that and just thought the world, but he says to the heavenly realms, to all the rulers and authority in the heavenly realms. Like, I'm not trying to get weird, but that sounds like some Star Trek stuff to me, like heavenly realms, like we're in this realm, guys, there's like a heavenly realm. So this is way bigger than I can understand, but what I do understand is that through our unity, through, through being one body, the church, I'm not just talking about the bridge, I'm talking about the bridge, the, the bridges in China and in India and us one body of Christ as believers. We're on this, we're, we are to display his wisdom he uses us, the ones that we've never, never seen him. I've never seen him. You guys, we've never seen him. The heavenly realms, don't you think that they've seen him? Like, they have a better grasp of, of his knowledge, his wisdom. And he's saying he's going to use us, his image bearers, the Gentiles, not his chosen people. He's now bringing us in, and we're going to be on display to show the heavenly realms the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms who see his beauty on display all the time, he's going to use us to show them that. Like, that's incredible to me. That, that kind of blows my mind. And then, so he lets us bear his image. He calls us the church. He says, we the body are his bride. He lets the, the power and the Spirit of God resides in us individually, yes. Like, we go over that all the time. But here it's saying, as one body, as one body the church, we are on display to the universe. Not just the world, to the universe. All this other stuff that's going on around us, we're on display to them. To see, like, look what I can do with these people. Look what I can do. I can, I can bring these people together that have no, the world says there's lines, I can bring them together and I'm gonna put them on display to show my wisdom, to show my power. And it's like, like, that's what's, that's this hope that we have, like that's, that's what's coming, this unity. And he's saying, it's coming, but it's here. I've given it to you now. I've put my spirit in you. I've put my power in you and it's, it's here now. So, when we let those, those lines come between us as believers, um, when we're divided by race, economic status, nationality, politics, God says, like, forget all of that. Come together in my son, in Jesus, in your faithfulness in him. Not, we're not talking about believer to unbeliever, not this kumbaya thing. He's talking about when you're united in faith to me, in one body, one person, Jesus, like we can't have division we have to fight that mess off. We have to believe in the world. We have to believe in the sun. The world, 
says trust in yourself, love yourself first. Um, in the world, there's divide, there's turmoil, but here in the body, there's no room for it. There's no room for that. It makes me think about him pouring that water in that bucket a few weeks ago and saying, like, it's splashing. That, like, get it out and fill me up. Um, we're, we're the body. Like, get it out and, and fill us up, God. Um, we can't control what's going on out there. We can't. But, but I just picture, I, like, I'm a metaphor guy in my mind. Um, I picture this ship, and I'm like... And, and we're getting beaten by the waves. And we're getting back and forth. Um, but we got to control this ship. we got to block out these waves and, and keep it going in the right direction. That's what he's telling us here. It's like, keep it going in the right direction. Sometimes it feels like we're not moving. Sometimes it feels like we might even going backwards. But, but when we set our course and we block it all out, man, we keep this thing strong. Um, but sometimes, like... We can't control what's going on out there, and sometimes we try to like change that, and we forget what we're trying to control, what we can control. This bride, this treasure that is the church, that is what we're a part of. Um, and so, like, what are we, what are we going to take in this? What are we going to be like for this church, for this body? Um, are we going to stay united when all these waves are coming from every which way, like? We can stay the course in our individual lives as the body when we think about where our hope is. And that leads to the second part, okay? This is the part that, like, makes my chest rip open. This is the part, this is the prayer that Paul's now, he, he I think this is a total, like, guess, but it feels like Paul was started this letter and he wanted to get right to the prayer. And then he gets a little sidetracked and he tells you all about this plan and then now he's at the prayer. And this is the meat right here. Um, so I find this prayer in the second part of the chapter. This is so special, all right? Let's just read 14 through 19 and then, and then go back. <clears throat> so, verse 14. When I think of the wisdom and the scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees in prayer to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will give you the mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's so great you'll never fully understand it. And then you'll be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I love that prayer. Like, when is the last time you've prayed for somebody like that? I, I mean, usually it's like, God, please, I pray for Bob, his foot hurts. But, but a prayer like, when I think of the, your wisdom and the scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees to the Father. Like, 
Man, when's the last time we as fathers and mothers prayed for our children like that? Or, or our friends like that, our co-workers? Fall to our knees on the ground, praying out to the Father like this. Like hurting somewhere deep inside, bowing to this creator. He says, creator of everything. Bowing down to him, praying on someone else's behalf. Like from inside, from your heart, from the strength that's inside, rooted in this love of Christ, that that person, that Bob would get how big this thing is, how wide, how deep, how, how big this love of Christ is for Bob. When's the last time we did that? I, I, I love these R22 cards that we're getting every day. Um, they've really, really helped me. They've helped me to focus in on, like, one person. I get this card, and, and, like, I'm to pray for this person. And I keep finding myself seeing it and and wanting to pray for him and getting down and getting started, and, and this thought comes through my head, like, am I the only person in the whole world praying for, let's keep going with Bob, praying for Bob today? And I don't mean it as this like, oh, poor Bob. I mean it like, I'm the only person praying for Bob. Like, I want to intercede for Bob in his life. Like, like God's going to be faithful to hear me. Bob's not praying for himself. I'm going to intercede here and say, Father, will you show him how big and how wide and how deep your love is for him? Um, and I just think it's so cool that we're doing that as a church body together. And then when I think like, oh man, I'm doing this, and we're doing this for the people across county, it, it, it builds me up, and it, I feel united with y'all in that, man, we're, we're, we're on our faces, on our knees, interceding for our people, for our neighbors, for our, our coworkers, our kids, everybody. Um, and I just think it, it's so cool. And you know, outside of R22 and just the normal seasons of life, I, I'll be honest, I have trouble. My mind wanders in prayer. I'll start like, okay, I'm praying for Bob. And then I start in and I start praying for myself. And then I go a little bit more and I'm praying for my kid. And then I go a little bit more and I'm praying for Bob again. And then it's my kid again and then it's what's for lunch and then what am I doing later and then we're back to Bob and I'm like, whoa, and I want to just stop. And, and the truth is, like, what if we just, who cares? I'm praying. Like, I want to wear out my pants, my knees, holes in my knees, because I want to pray. And, like, this faithful God is going to say, I got, I'll get you. I'll center you back up. Just keep focus. Keep praying. Keep going hard at it. And I'll, I'll center you back. And so, I mean, if we aren't praying, guys, we are not growing. That is the truth. Like, we could read this whole thing, memorize it, but if we aren't praying, those roots that we just read about, they're not growing down deep into the soil. Um, forget all the knowledge. It's, a, it's about this honest heart of prayer to the Father that he'd show us. And, and Paul puts it beautiful right here. In verse 14 at the very beginning, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. 
Like everything comes from the Father of Fathers, absolutely everything. And so, little little kindergarten exercise, like deep breath with me. That's from him. Like that breath was given by God. There's no, like everything Paul's saying, I'm on my knees for you, to the Father, the creator of everything. So the breath that we have this morning from the Father. Verse, so verse 16, I, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he'll give you his inner mighty strength. His whole, I'll get, he'll give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. His glory, his unlimited resources, his mighty strength, like we get access to. We, we no longer have these curtains. We have access to all of that, that, that unlimited, endless treasure, unlimited resources, glorious inner strength. Like that's too much to take in. I don't know about y'all. And I, that's where my heart starts burning inside because Paul's praying here like, I know your wisdom, I know your power, I know your glory and might. It's all from you, the creator of everything. Will you strengthen these people from within? Like this is a prayer that we should be praying for these people. This is a prayer that we're praying for our kids, for our coworkers, our friends, for the cards. Like not that, God, will you make Bob stop smoking? God, will you make sinners stop sinning? No, like, God, will you, make, will you strengthen Bob from the inside today? Will, you, will your power, your strength, will you, will you get into his inner being? Like, if that's the truth, Bob will want to obey you. He'll want your commands because the full spirit of God dwells within him. And sometimes as Christians, it's so easy because the whole world tells us these are the rules, follow the rules. We just want a set of rules. Like, just give me the parameters that I need to stay in. I'll follow the rules. If I can get them to go to church, if I can get them to memorize these verses, if I could get them, if I could get my kids to stop hanging around the neighbor kids, if I could do this, if I could do that, like, nah, nah, nah. The Spirit of God must come inside take root if it doesn't then it's not got to desire the things of God or they don't like God's got to be the master of this whole thing or you still are and we could have like this building other all the other buildings we could have like all this um, all these programs trying to keep people all churchy so they look the part they fit the part um but if there's not something going on in here. And so uh, verse 17, like it says, and I pray that Christ will be more and more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. Father, please take root in our hearts deep into the soil of your marvelous love where we'll find unity and understanding. Like, so the farmer in me loves that verse. I love this whole idea of a root system because um, the root system is vital to the plant. 
absolutely vital. Like the, how, how deep it gets is, is basically going to be able to handle that summer heat that's coming. Um, if the roots go down deep, that plant has an ability to flourish. Um, verse 18, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep this love really is. Man, if we could understand that. If we could understand this huge scope of God's love towards us, this falling on our knees, on our face to serve this king, like our roots would ground us in that. This, this burning, it's there because we're rooted in God's love. No matter what's happening around us, I, I can't. I can't fall. Like, I don't know about you, and I, I, I pray that it's true, but, and I'm, I mean this humbly, I could not leave this. Like, there's no way. Kill me. I, I cannot leave him. Um, he's everything to me. I don't want to live without this. Uh, I'm not saying, like, I'm not tempted. I, I choose to sin. But, man, I love him. I love him because he's everything to me, because he absolutely has to be. Um, take everything else away. Um, just search me. I'm not trying to live in this protective bubble like Dustin. Like, I want to get dirty. I want, I, want, I want the liquor smell, the skunk. I want all that, like, because he is the seed of my salvation. Um, he makes sure I'm rooted that I choose to sin, but I can't walk away. I'm, I'm rooted in this, in his love. And Paul's praying in verse 18, out to God, he's saying that they may have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is. Can't you just see, like, I can see Paul on his face praying for them, saying, like, I really want him to see how big this is. Can't you see him? What if he's praying this for us today? What if this was a written to us? It's not Ephesians, it's Americans. And it says, and, and Paul's saying, man, God, show them how big this is. They think this is about not drinking. They think this is about walking down an aisle, praying a prayer. And Paul's saying, would you give them strength? Would you show them by the glory of your riches? Because I know what you can do, God. This is so much bigger. He's saying, show them this isn't about comforts. This isn't about this retirement plan or this mortgage payment. God, let them see how high and how big and wide your love for them really is. And then the end of verse 19 and when they see it, it's so great they'll never fully understand it. Like, isn't that interesting of itself? It surpasses our understanding of how big it is. So he's saying, I want you to know something that you can't fully know. I want you to understand something that, um, that you can't fully understand. But that's the whole point of this prayer. So we could sit up here all day long and go over and over this and I could talk about this love of God but it's not just this knowledge that I can pass on. Like It's not just this nugget like in school that learn this lesson and you got it. We could go about this until I'm blue in the face but the truth is I, I can't make this happen until I'm on my knees for you. And so there's nothing else I can do 
except pray like this because it's all about being on my knees, praying to the Spirit to direct you, to guide you to the Father. And so the last part of the last verse, 19, then you'll be filled. Once you, once you, you get this picture, you can't really know it, it's too big for you to know, but once you get this grasp of it, he says, then you'll be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Like, again, that filled with the fullness of God. I don't know, that's what I want to be known for. I told you mine at the very beginning, like, I decided a long time ago, I'm, I, I can't just be this, the best farmer. I'm not going to be very good at it. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it for Jesus. Um, I want people to say, man, that guy, he's full of the Spirit of God. He's not normal. I want to be filled with the fullness. I want that supernatural stuff. I want that like, man, he's got joy when there shouldn't be joy. He's got peace where there shouldn't be peace. Um, He's got courage when it's really hard to have courage because I want to be in his fullness, deeply rooted in this stuff. And if we are, if I am, if we are, what we said earlier, we're speaking to the universe, to the world, but to the other realms, to the, to the entire universe. Man, nobody out there, nobody wants another set of rules like to tack onto our life, another task, another this or that to put onto all this other this and that that we all have weighed down. But what we all are united in, like Dustin said last week, was our hopelessness. And so we all want that field, man. We all want that, those empty holes to be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So I am going to start wrapping this up. But I feel like I've been all over the place, but I hope that you can see this theme throughout this whole chapter of Ephesians. He's saying, all this... I want, this is what it is, this is the secret, this is why, this is my prayer for you, this is what I want. It's all because of Christ. Like one hope, one body, one church. Because, man, it's no secret, this world is changing around us, this country is changing around us, and unless we're deeply rooted, raising up disciples... And we don't have that type of fire in us, man. We're not going to survive. But he who began a good work in you will complete it. And so I know you're with me in, I can't walk away from this. It's not possible. I'm going to be this until I die. I'm not leaving Jesus. No more games. Because soon... If they're not already, the, soon enough, the waves are getting bigger. The heat, we were talking about the, the heat's coming. That's right. so, so individually, search your heart. Like, what are your goals? What do you want to be known for? What does the world need to see? Does the world need to see somebody filled with the fullness of God? 
the courage, the, the fearlessness, the boldness, full of his life. Yeah. And so I, I want to pray for you guys. Um, I want to end it by praying for you guys, but I, maybe you've sat here this whole time and you're like, this, this idea of this burning heart that you're talking about, I, I don't know what you mean. That's some foo-foo stuff. It's weird. Like, I want to pray for you. Um, and maybe you're like, I know this. I, I, I've been around church culture my whole life. It's just kind of a thing, a tradition. It's what we do on Sunday mornings. Like, like I don't really know what you mean about this fire, this passion, this roots, but um, I want to pray for you too. Uh, I want to pray that by his glorious, unlimited resources that he's going to give you the strength to understand what is too much to understand. Because I can't talk you into this. I can't give you the knowledge because the love of Christ surpasses that knowledge. But I want to get on my knees for you. That when you will have that moment, you'll get it. Because when you get it, it lasts. Because you'll be rooted in his love because of Christ. So you guys pray for me. Pray for us. And I want to pray for you. Dear God, just uh, thank you. Thank you that you are so much more than what we have. Um, you fill those, those voids. You fill those emptinesses. And, uh, and God, I feel like I'm speaking for all of us. Is we don't want church anymore. We don't want games. We, we're done with it. What we want is you, the treasure that you are. We want your spirit. We want your power. Um, saying thank you for bringing us into this doesn't feel like enough. Um, forgive us where we've, we've taken this too lightly. We've tacked this on as just another thing that we are. Like, we're this, this, this. We're from here. We follow Jesus, da, da, da. No, like, we have... Forgive us where we've not taken it serious enough that we'll come before you honestly and that you'll fill us, God. Your word says that, that there are endless, unlimited resources, endless treasures found in you. I pray, I pray that, um, that your spirit would fill this place this morning, fill our hearts, um, come like rest on us, God. Be in here and, uh, and speak to the hearts that, like if there's a fiery passion, God, God, let those roots go down deeper. Encourage that, God. If, if it's a desire to be there, God, give them boldness. Give them, um, give them the fearlessness that, that we read in your word that says, fearlessness now to come before your throne. God, we don't, there's nothing between us anymore. There's no more divide between you and I. There's Jesus who brings us to you. I pray that as we leave this place, as we go forward, that your, <clears throat> your spirit would ignite us in our hearts.
that your spirit would, would root us, ground us, and just burn inside of us for you, God. Um, thank you, thank you. I mean, it is only in the, we can only be united in this because of Christ. So we thank you for him. We thank you for this. Um, it's in his name we pray. Amen. So uh, they're about to play some music. It's going to be great. And, and I just ask that um, we're gonna, there's going to be some outside in the hallway. If you want to talk, if you want to want to talk about this this fire that you have or you don't have or maybe um and you just want to know more like like don't be scared go for it um maybe maybe you're like me and week after week I am on the edge of my seat because Dustin is pouring his guts out of the gospel and it makes me want to blow up inside because I'm I mean I'm I just it the words just are so powerful when we're, when we're talking about what the gospel really is, this good news. And if that's you, man, pray right now. Pray hard for the ones who want it, the ones who need it, the ones who aren't there yet, that they'll, that fire will start. And uh, just spirit come. Thank you.